Grab your Bibles if you would. We are in 1 Peter chapter number one this morning, jumping back into our series that we've entitled Under Pressure. The reason we've called it that is because we've examined that this book of 1 Peter has been written by the apostle to scattered strangers. Who are these scattered strangers? Well, they're pilgrims in a strange land, much like we are today. You see, he's writing to people who've been displaced and disconnected. And they've been displaced and they've been disconnected because of a couple of things, either because of the geographical circumstances of their situation. Under the diaspersia, Jews were uh, taken captive and dispersed all over the world. But then also here in the New Testament, we find that as people were coming to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, as they were accepting the gospel, they were being changed. They were being born again. The Spirit of God was now living in them, and their citizenship was no longer in this world. Their citizenship was in heaven. And by the way, if you're saved today, how many of you are glad your permanent citizenship isn't here on earth? It is in heaven with Jesus. As the song that was sung this morning, we will see him one day. He will come again for us one day. So he's writing to these scattered strangers, and and they are disconnected because they no longer feel at home in this world. They're no longer accepted by this world because now they are children of God. Now, as we began our study, we looked at the fact that we are scattered, but we're secure. In this world, we're scattered, but we are secure. There are Christians all over the globe. Many of them are under duress even today. We still enjoy a privilege of freedom here in the United States of America to worship openly and freely our God, to come to church, to meet publicly. But that is not a freedom that's afforded in many other nations. And we understand that though we might be scattered, we are secure in the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you are glad he's promised us he will never leave us or forsake us? He will never leave us or forsake us. We are scattered, but we are secure. And then a couple weeks ago, we looked at the fact that we are tempted, but we are triumphant. In this lost, sinful, broken, dark world, we have temptation. We have trial. But Peter shared with us that the trial of our faith is much more precious than gold. Why? Because it is through these trials that God refines us, that he shapes us to be like him and that he calls us to holiness to live for him. And so we are, we are tried, but we are triumphant. And this morning, we're going to look at the fact that we are strangers, but we are strong. We are strangers, but we are strong. So if you found your place there in 1 Peter, we're in chapter number 1, and we are going to begin reading with verse number 17 this morning. Let's all stand together. If you're physically able to do so, out of respect for the reading of God's word. The Bible says, And if, I, if ye call on the Father, who with re, without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation, received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead, and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. 
seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. This morning we're going to find out that though we are strangers in this world, we can still be strong in Him. Let's pray and ask God to help us with this this morning. Heavenly Father, God, we are so thankful to be in your house. We are so thankful, God, to be able to be in your word. And I ask, Heavenly Father, that you would do a work in our lives to strengthen us. Lord, we know that we are under a lot of pressure in our world today. Things many times seem to be falling in all around us. Things are dark and broken and and difficult in this world that we live in. Help us not to retreat from that. Help us, Lord, to be strong in the callings that you've given to us. Bless our time now in your word this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. When you are in a place that is unfamiliar to you, maybe a culture that that you're not a part of, a a place, a, a, a location where maybe you don't understand the language, you have a tendency to recoil, to draw back, to not have a whole lot of confidence. I remember as uh, we've traveled in different places and, and seen different areas, even here in the United States of America, of course, California is a, is a melting pot, and there are uh, a lot of different nationalities that uh, are in those cities that are there and ministering there. Uh, we would go into certain neighborhoods or areas where there would be uh, languages that were spoken that we wouldn't understand, whether they'd be people from uh, India or they'd be people from other parts of Asia or they'd be people from South America. There'd be languages that we were not familiar with. And it'd be interesting because I'd go and uh, maybe with some people from our church and we'd knock on some doors just visiting families, inviting them to come to church. And, uh, and they'd always be very hospitable even though we didn't speak their language and they'd invite us in and, and they'd start to try to communicate with us. And how many of you know the universal language anywhere you go is food? right? And you'll always take a cookie and a cup of coffee or, or something that they'll give you. And so we might not be able to speak with them and they might not be able to speak with us, but they'd, they'd give us some food or they'd give us a drink and we'd smile a lot at each other and we'd try to connect with each other the best that we could. But really there's only so much that you could do because you couldn't communicate, you couldn't fit in, you felt maybe like you were a little weak in the situation. And what we do is we try to go back to the church. We try to find somebody who could speak the language. We try to bring them back to the house. And we try to, to work with those folks. You know, we can feel a lot of times the same way in the world that we live in today as Christians. You know, we as Christians, we don't always speak the language of the world. We don't always abide by the culture of the world. You see, we've been saved. We've been brought out of darkness and we've been brought into light. And many of the things that take place in the world no longer connect with the things that God has put in our heart. And and in this world, we can feel displaced. We can feel uncomfortable. We can feel weak. And yet Paul is encouraging these scattered strangers, these strangers 
that are scattered in these different places of the world that are desiring to serve God, that are desiring to follow God. He's encouraging them to be strong. He's saying, you can be strong. And we're going to learn today why we can be strong even as strangers here in this world. First of all, I want us to see from our passage of Scripture that we can be strong in our identity. We have a strong identity. Notice with me here in 1 Peter uh, chapter 1 and verse number 17. Notice what Peter says, and if ye call on the Father. Now that's our identity right there. How many of you are glad this morning if you're saved, you're a child of God? He is our heavenly Father. And though we might be strangers to this world, we certainly are not strangers to Him because while we were strangers to Him, He came from heaven to earth to be near us, to become a man, to die for our sins, to rise again, that we might be able to become children of God. And that helps me out tremendously here in this world. When things are pressing in on me, when things are trying to confuse me and beleaguer me and displace me, I'm glad I can always go to this fact because I know Jesus. I have a father in heaven. And how many of you know he is a good, good father to us? He is a good, good father. You see, we have a strong identity. We are the children of God. And I love the way that Peter references this relationship that we have with our Father. Notice what he says here in verse 17, if ye call on the Father. How many of you are glad you can talk to your heavenly Father? This morning, I don't even know if you can talk to your earthly Father. Sometimes those relationships aren't good. Those relationships aren't perfect. Maybe you don't have confidence or strength that you have a earthly father that you can go to but i'll tell you this morning if you're saved and you know jesus christ is your savior you're now born again into the family of god and how many of you are glad you can always go boldly before his throne of grace he's a father that we have relationship with if ye call on the father boy i hope you call on the father i hope in these days that we're going through right now of uncertainty of difficulty these days that are dark and, and many times bleak, these days that are confusing and unsure, I hope that you have that type of relationship with your heavenly Father, that you feel that you can call on Him because He wants to talk with you and He wants to hear you and He wants to be active in your life. How many of you are glad that if we ask according to His will anything in His name, He will give it to us? That's how He wants to communicate with us. Do you call on Him? We find here that we have a strong identity. We may be strangers in a strange world, but we can be strong because of our identity as a child of God. Notice also in this, not only are we children of God, but we're redeemed. We're redeemed. This is how we became children of God. And notice what we're redeemed by. Notice verse number 18. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish 
and without spot. What is our identity? What is our strong identity? Well, we're children of God. How are we children of God? Because we've been redeemed by God. And how many of you are glad that we've been redeemed not with corruptible things? We've not been redeemed with temporary things. Hey, gold will pass away. Traditions will pass away. Your money can't save you. You can't buy your way into a relationship with God. Traditions can't save you. Traditions won't cause you to be born again into the family of God. They all pass away. But how many of you are glad the power of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ will never pass away? It's in his blood we have been redeemed. That's our identity. He is our heavenly father. He is the one who redeemed us. We are not children of this world. We are children of God. We're children of God. We are redeemed. What else is our identity? Well, we are risen in faith. We are risen in faith. Notice what Peter continues to say here in verse number 20. Who verily were foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. This is so important. Listen, when we are in distress, when we are in difficulty, when we feel the pressure of this world, don't recede away from God. Don't run away from his callings. Grab onto what your identity is. You might be a stranger, but you can be strong. Why? Because you're his child, because you've been redeemed, because he's risen again. We are risen again in him. How many of you are glad we're no longer dead in our trespasses and sins? That's our identity. I don't have to walk in the flesh. I don't have to get caught up in the things of this world. I have a new life. I have a new calling. I have a new name. I am a new creature because Jesus lives. He's risen. The Bible tells us through the writings of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15 that if Christ is not risen, then everything that we believe and do is in vain. And we, as Christians, are above all other men most miserable people if Jesus isn't risen. How many of you know we might as well go home and watch the NFL if Jesus isn't risen right now? <laughs> we, might, we might as well go and, and start getting a head start on our to-do list for next week. We might as well leave this place right now and go fill our life up with something else if Jesus isn't risen but how many of you are glad this morning that Jesus is alive and Jesus is at the right hand of God making intercession for you and me? And not only that, his spirit literally indwells us if we know him. And I want you to think about that just for a little bit. I want you to think about the miracle that that is, that the spirit of God now is in us because he's alive. Back in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God would only inhabit a certain space of holiness that God directed man to build for the habitation of God. It was known as the Holy of Holies. It was in the centermost portion of the tabernacle and then of the temple. And by the way, only certain people could ever go in before God to minister on behalf of the people. 
You see, the Spirit of God was not directly inside of believers of that day. They were apart and disconnected from the Spirit of God. But now in the New Testament, since Jesus Christ has come, since he's died, since he's risen again, and since he's given us the comforter of the Spirit of God, the Bible tells us that if we know Jesus, then we are bought with a price. We are not our own. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, which now lives and takes up residence inside you and me. The presence of God is now in us. And we don't have to be victims in this world. We don't have to recoil in this world. We don't have to run in this world because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. How many of you are glad we are risen in him? We're risen in him. We have a strong identity. We are the children of God. We are redeemed people. We are risen in faith. We may be strangers in this world, but we can be strong because of who we are in him. Secondly, this morning, not only do we see that we have a strong identity, but we see that we have a strong connection. We may be strangers in this world, but we have a strong identity and we have a strong connection. Let's look at this strong connection that Peter speaks about here in this chapter of Scripture. Notice with me, if you would, verse number 22. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Now, I want us to notice our connection this morning. Not only did we see that we have this wonderfully strong uh, 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 connection to God by being his child, but let's look at the other connections that we have here. First of all, I want us to see our connection to the Spirit. Verse 22, seeing ye have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the Spirit. What is this? Well, the Spirit connects us with salvation. We hear the preaching of the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the spirit takes the word of God and implants that seed in our heart and brings the conviction of sin. And then as we respond to that conviction of sin, he quickens us and makes us alive in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we obey the word of God, the spirit connects with our life and we are made alive in him. You see, we have this connection with the Spirit. Now, how do we know that the Spirit is alive in us? Well, we know that the Spirit is alive in us in several different ways. First of all, you sense His conviction in your life. How many of you, when you're reading the Word of God, or you're in a preaching service, uh, or you're exposed to the Word of God in some other way, you sense when the Holy Spirit is telling you, hey, buddy, you need to watch out for this thing. Hey, buddy, you need to get busy on this area. Hey, you need to obey me and my Word in this way. Maybe as you're living your life and you're walking in the Spirit and you're trying to die to the flesh, you sense that when you're going in a certain direction, the Spirit convicts you and presses you 
and calls you away from those things that would do damage in your life. And then as you serve God in your church, you sense the presence of the Spirit of God calling you and enabling you and equipping you to serve and to minister on His behalf. How many of you think it's special to sense the presence of God directly in your life? One of my favorite things about preaching, it's not, I don't like getting up in front of people. I don't like speaking before people. I don't necessarily like standing up here with lights in my face. Those things aren't super cool. But you know what's really neat about preaching? What's really neat about preaching is studying God's word, having him speak to my heart, and then real time, while I am preaching, having the word of God take all those things that I've studied, take all that word that I've memorized, take all of the things he's doing in my life, and then literally speak through my life out to you. And you should also enjoy the Holy Spirit working through your life to speak the gospel in many different ways to many different people because he's alive in you and you sense him speaking through you to others. How many think it's the most special thing in the world to know that God is with you in that way? And we're connected to the Spirit. That's a connection that we have. Seeing you have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the Spirit. But not only do we see our connection to the Spirit, we see our connection to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Our connection to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Notice with me here, verse number 22. We're purified in our souls through the obeying of the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Hey, I want to tell you something. We need each other as believers. And I, listen, I am so glad. I know we've mentioned this before. We probably mentioned it as nauseum through all of what we've been through. And I'm glad that we have online services. I'm glad there are people watching right home. I hope you're being blessed. I know that the word of God can always bless people. How many of you know that the word of God never returns void? It accomplishes what God wants. So I'm glad for all these ministries, but there comes a point where I almost wish we didn't have those type of ministries for those who don't, who want to use it as a means not to gather with the believers because I just know that's so needed and I hurt for them. I hurt for all of those that, that aren't connecting with the body of Christ on a regular basis. I don't know, maybe they're stronger than I am. Maybe you're stronger than I am. I don't know. I have to be around God's people. I just believe that's what God has called me to do. I need to be in church. I need to be with the congregation. I need to be learning from you. I need to be encouraged by you. Pastor, you're a very needy person. Okay, guilty. <laughs> it's my strength. I believe God designed it that way. I believe that's why Jesus loved his church and he gave himself for it. I need people in my life. I need God's people in my life. I need to know what God's doing in your life. It encourages me. I want to be around your smiling faces. I want to talk with someone who speaks the same language I do about Jesus. I want to be able to talk about heaven. I want to be able to talk about what God's doing in my life. I want to be able to give witness and testimony to his goodness and to his greatness. I want to know the pains and sufferings that are going on in your life. And I want you to know mine. And I want us to be able to pray for each other and lift up those burdens to God. I want to be sharpened because I can get lazy in my walk with the Lord. And it helps me to see faithful people coming to church, serving God getting out of bed in the morning early and filling a seed and, and singing praise to the Lord with a smile on their face. That helps me out. And there's just something about the love of the brother and it's, it's really one of the defining things of being a believer and declaring God. 
The Bible even tells us that they will know that we are Christians by our love that we share with one another. There should be no place like the church. No place like the church. We should love on each other the way that God has loved on us. And I need you. And, and, and I hope that you sense that need for the body of Christ, that we need to be together, connected in, notice, an unfeigned love in verse number 22. That's a sincere love. Not like the world's love. The, the world's love is a very transactionary love. You give me what I want, I'll give you what you want. And as soon as you're not giving me what I want, I'm not giving you what you want. And that's the world's love many times. It's very transactionary. It's very dependent on people. But how many of you are glad that's not the way God's love works? In fact, God's love doesn't depend on us. It just is. God is love. And if God is in you, then God's love is in you. And you have the ability to connect with his spirit and with other believers. And we should connect with other believers. And, and listen, I, I'm glad that we get to connect with other believers in such a way that sometimes it even puts us in a place of sacrifice. It even puts us in a place of sacrifice. I want to get too far in the woods with this, but I realize that there are things going on in our world today. Our whole series is entitled Under Pressure, and I know you're feeling a lot of pressure. We've been feeling a lot of pressure for several years now, pressure from our culture and the changes that we're seeing, pressure from this virus and the things that it's brought, pressure from politics and the division that it's brought, all kinds of pressure that we're feeling. And, and, and this is the sacrifice, brother and sister in Christ, is when we trust God, we can put aside a lot of those things so that we can love one another. And how many of you understand a big part of loving somebody is just showing up? being there for them. How many of you know uh, we've got widows in our church where their husbands have recently passed away in the last couple years? How many think they need us to show up for them? Shake their hand, pray for them, love on them. Miss Janet Powell, uh, she lost her husband. Well, not lost. We know he's in heaven. But her husband passed away this year and her son just passed away this week. How many of you think she needs some people to show up for her? Miss Billy had her husband go home to be with the Lord here over the last year and a half. And she comes faithfully and serves in the church, serves in the Iwana program. And, and we need to show up and, and be there for her. Some people in our church, maybe you've lost your job through some of this. And we need to show up for them. Some of you are struggling with severe things in your family right now. And you don't know what's going to happen or what's going to take place. Some of you are struggling with different relationships. Some of you are struggling with different doubts and different fears of all types. And sometimes it's just the sacrifice of saying, I'm going to push all of that aside. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to be in the house of God. I'm going to be around the people of God. I'm going to minister to them. I'm going to love them. And I believe that God is going to bless me as I'm a blessing to others. How many of you know that even Jesus loved us enough to sacrifice and hazard his life to be with us. I can sacrifice and hazard my life to be with you because I think it's that important. I don't know if our current situation is ever going to go away. I pray it does. I don't know if people are ever going to feel uh, the comfort physically 
of, of, of all that we've been through and all the pressure that we've sensed from all these things that I've mentioned. But I do know this, God never changes. His truth never changes. His power never changes. He's still able today as he's been all throughout Christian history where there's been persecutions and plagues and there's been all kinds of things that have consumed cultures. God hasn't changed. And if he was there for Peter and if he was there for these scattered strangers, how many of you believe he can be there for us today as well? And this is my challenge to you as a pastor of our church. I I get caution and I understand, uh, you know, making our decisions and doing what we need to do as we see a need for caution. But don't be so cautious that we begin to fail in our lives spiritually. Because I don't know about you, if I didn't have the people of God to worship God with and the connection that I have with God's people, I know that I would severely struggle in my walk with the Lord. I would severely struggle in this world that we live in today. We, we have this connection to our brothers and sisters. It's an unfeigned love. It's a sacrificial love. Notice this, it's a fervent love. The end of verse number 22, it's a fervent love. Love them fervently. What does that mean? It means to be on fire with your love for them. Love your church family so much that you can't be, wait to be around them. You can't wait to minister to them. You can't wait to be hospitable to them. You can't wait to receive them. You can't wait to bless them. You can't wait to sacrifice for them. I mean, we see the love of these apostles who are willing to go to prison, who are willing to take these enormous trips to go and minister to the various different churches. They showed a fervent love for the brethren. We need to show that fervent love toward each other. We see... As we look at our strong connection, we are connected to the Spirit. We are connected to our brothers and sisters in Christ. But also we see our connection to the Word of God. Our connection to the Word of God. Notice with me, verse 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the Word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. We see our connection to the word of God. Hey, our first connection point to the word of God is this. You can't be saved without the word of God. You have to have the word of God. The word of God here is the gospel that's preached unto us. It is the incorruptible seed which bears the fruit of the glory of God in our life. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When we talk about planting the the seed of the word, we're talking about scripture. We're talking about the place that the word of God has to have in our life. And that's why when you come to Fellowship Baptist Church, yes, we sing songs from the word of God. We dig into the word of God. We preach the word of God. We receive the word of God because it's all about the word of God. Without God's word, we cannot be saved. And I'm so glad that the word of God is reliable. The glory of man is as grass. The wisdom of man is as a flower. All of this gets burned and fades away. But how many of you are glad that our promise is the word of God will endure forever? It will endure forever. As much as we see changes happen in our world, how many of you are glad that God's truth stays the same? We can always come. We can always open up the word of God. We can always see what he has for us. It's always accurate. This is a book 
that was compiled over 1,500 years by over 40 different authors, 66 independent books of Scripture, and not one bit of falsity to it, not one bit of contradiction to it. It is pure. It is right. It is the most widely read, widely published book in all of human history. It is the Word of God, and we need to be connected to it. We need to be connected to it. So how do we get along in this world that we live in? Undoubtedly, we're strangers. Strangers living in a strange land, but we can still be strong. We can be strong because of our strong identity. We are the children of God. We are redeemed. We are risen with him in faith. And we can be strong because of our strong connection, our connection to the spirit of God. He lives in us. He will never leave us or forsake us. Our strong connection to our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's why the church is here. It's so we can come together and we can reach the world. And our strong connection to the word of God, which will never fade away, which will never pass away, which will endure forever. It's how we are saved. Are you strong this morning? Pastor, I got to be honest with you, I'm kind of defeated. I kind of see what's going on. I'm perplexed. I'm bewildered. I don't know what to believe about certain things that are being said. I don't know what to do. Well, you can still be strong. You can still be strong. Know your identity and know your connections. 